we're so used to seeing things that, in my opinion, aren't quite right in our treatment of animals. Yeah, the less we eat, the less violence is being done and the less destruction to the environment. Everyone eats and everyone has to make a moral decision every time that we sit down to the table. Welcome to Animal Voices Radio. We are Western Canada's only radio program dedicated to animal advocacy and compassionate living. This is 100.5 FM CFRO Vancouver Co-op Radio here on unceded and ancestral Tsleil-Waututh, Musqueam, and Squamish territories in so-called Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Turtle Island. This is Friday, November 20th, 2020. And I'll be your host today, Grace. Welcome to the show. We are all recording from the safety of our own homes, so please excuse any sounds that my cat might be making in the background today. For the feature interview of this week's show, I will be interviewing the owners of Simply Delish. Simply Delish is a soup company, and it's all solid. So basically, you have these tubes of dry soup mix. You add water or coconut milk or the right broth. And within an hour, you have a really nice, nutritious, delicious dinner for your family. And they are great for a camping trip. If you're ever in a Vancouver farmer's market or a grocery store in the area, you might have seen their products. All of their products are vegan, of course. But their business was started before they actually made the transition to veganism, which we will get into uh, during the interview The husband and wife duo that run Simply Delish, Chelsea and Brad, they come from a very interesting background, especially from a vegan perspective. And I don't want to give too much away, but so really interesting stories to come and uh, stay tuned for that. I had a lot of fun making this episode start to finish. So stay tuned for all that is to come. On Saturday, November 21st at 5 p.m., join us for the 10th annual Surrey Tree Lighting Festival on Facebook and YouTube Live. Watch from home as Mayor and Council flip the switch to light Surrey's 60-foot Christmas tree, which marks the start of the holiday season. Hosted by your favorite duo, Santa and Mrs. Claus, this year's free, family-friendly live-streamed event will feature a variety of local performers, choirs, and dance groups. Join the fun from home as Virtual Surrey Tree Lighting hosts holiday baking, comedy sketches, kids' crafts, stories, and much more. Following the live stream, stay tuned for a series of holiday contests held on the Surrey Tree Lighting Facebook page, including the annual 12 Days of Giveaways contest leading up to Christmas Day. For more information, visit surreytreelightingfestival.com. Something that I stumbled across this week on my Instagram feed was that the Food Empowerment Project is hiring a new executive and programs assistant. I've used the resources from the Food Empowerment Project many times in my activism. They have incredible statistics and information on the cost that goes into the meat industry for humans and non-humans alike, why it's not sustainable to eat meat, 
and other information about things like chocolate, which is a big issue for them as well. The Food Empowerment Project has a sustainable chocolate list that I really suggest you look at, a list of all vegan chocolate products that are sourced ethically. But yeah, if you'd like to see more about this job opportunity, go to their website or check them out on Instagram. If you go to foodispower.org forward slash jobs, there'll be information about the job listing. You can also see their mission and values and the work that they do, making informed choices, preventing injustices against animals, people, and the environment. They work to discourage negligent corporations from pushing unhealthy foods into low-income areas. So the Food Empowerment Project seeks specifically to empower those with the fewest resources, which is really important when you think about veganism, that we're fighting against all injustices, inclusive to animals that are humans and non-humans alike. And check out the Food Empowerment Project if you want to help their organization and be a part of their team. On the subject of things that I found on social media this week, uh, I found a really great cover to Bad Guy called Be a Vegan that I thought would be a great interlude for the episode. So the vegan activist band playing a parody of the Billie Eilish song Bad Guy called Be a Vegan. It was written by Andy Jokerst from the Animal Rights Day of Activism in downtown Seattle in October of 2019, performed by J.J. Bartlett, Andy Jokerst, Charlie Fay, and Jasper Drinnen. So enjoy this little, uh, little anthem. Yeah. 
I hope you enjoyed that very lo-fi cover of Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Um, Since Billie Eilish is a vegan, I thought that it was a really funny homage to that. (laughs) Before we go into our feature interview, I am going to share the story of Honey, who was adopted from the BCSPCA. So take a listen to Honey's story. I believe it's important to adopt um, only because there are so many animals out there who who do need good homes. I think there are other responsible ways of of getting a dog, however, being able to adopt a pet and and give him a a happily ever after is is pretty much a dream come true. One of the health challenges that uh, we faced was uh, her previous owners had filed her her nails down uh, quite far, and when they started growing back out, uh, she had lost the quick in one of her in one of her claws. It became infected, so so we needed to, to take her to the vet to get uh, to get it cleaned up. She healed just fine, and because she had littered so recently, her belly was was very saggy, and you saw the effects of of her pregnancy. She definitely got back to normal. Her her belly tightened up. The day after uh, they were all spayed and neutered, uh, we got to go visit Honey, um, and it was love at first sight. As you can tell, is a sweetheart. She's very well behaved. She she's potty trained. She does like to chew doorstops, which is uh, you know something that we can work on. I do know there is quite a bit of challenge with finding homes that are suitable for dogs, especially for renters. That was kind of one of the things that we always had checked on our search boxes was pet friendly. We were able to appeal to our landlord and uh, he was willing to allow us the dog. I I think it's important to consider uh, the kind of dog and how it best fits in your living situation and, and so far it's been pretty well. Her favorite activities when we take her out for a walk would be sniffing absolutely everything. She will put on the brakes to make sure she gets all the sniffs in. She loves to just be let off off leash and run freely. Her only trouble is she is very prey driven, so she chases birds, um, which can be a little dangerous and scary when you're living downtown. You never know what can be on the ground downtown, uh, so anything from broken glass to sharps uh, that she shouldn't be around. So uh, she's very smell driven. She can go towards a smell that isn't something we want her going near. So since adopting Honey, uh, we've definitely seen some positive changes in her. She started out pretty timid, being the only dog in the house. And the most telling sign is uh, she's notorious for lying belly up. So. Um, she loves her belly rubs uh, 24-7. Make sure to take your animals that you love on walks. Make sure to take yourself on walks. I recently got a harness for my cat so that we can go outside together and so she can experience the world, which a lot of cats don't have the opportunity to do and also adds to them getting a little more chonk. So we're going to fight the chonk in Linda, and I'm going to keep her healthy and alive. And with that, we're going to start talking about soup. We will head into our feature interview with Chelsea, the co-owner of Simply Delish Soup and Salad. So stay tuned and enjoy this interview. 
Hello. <laughs> How's it going? It's good. It's good. Thank you so much for joining me uh, during this hectic time. <laughs> it's been a bit of a crazy week already. It's been an interesting start. So I guess, yeah, we can start with who are you? Who am I talking to? Um, and yeah, what is your business? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I am Chelsea and my husband and I own Simply Delish Soup and Salad. Um, we are a vegan, gluten-free soup in a bag company, but we also make salads and desserts and risottos. So we started out as soup, but we continue to add skews and we just have so many products that we can't stop. It's crazy. Yeah. So we make like simple, easy, complete meals. Basically, you just add water, maybe one or two optional ingredients and that's it. I've tried a couple of your products. They're all really simple and lovely. And I like how you have, we can add our own like salt levels if we like, and there's suggestions to add other veggies if we like. Yeah, exactly. So it's really clever. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We eat them all the time. So we understand <laughs> they have to be easy, healthy, convenient, like not a lot of things to think about. <laughs> I was wondering if that was kind of part of the inspiration for making the product. If you were looking for something lighter weight for your family or what kind of inspired you to start making these soups? My mother-in-law actually started the company 11 years ago um, and she at the time was raising her grandchildren and she also had her own hair salon so she was very busy and she started making them and showing them to her clients and her clients were like oh you really need to make these I'd buy them from you if you made them and she's like I don't have time to do that and she, and so they just kept saying like she just kept making them here and there it was like kind of like a fun thing to do and they're like no you got to make these I'll buy them from you you could start it and so she was like okay well let's give it a shot and so we all kind of jumped on board we all had our own other jobs going on but we all jumped on board and would help um, package them and then We'd all fan out to every market we could on the weekends um, and just try and get out there and see if it if people liked it. It took off right away. So for years, Brad and I would work our Monday to Friday job and then just crazy markets on the weekend and package before we went to our other job. And like it was just it was really busy, really busy. <laughs> just kind of built the business up that way. And then four and a half years ago, things were just really expanding and growing and Brad's parents wanted to kind of step back out of the like everyday they're both um, older and so we said that we would take on all of the things <laughs> but we took that all on and so they're still very involved we make the joke a lot that our our business name is simply but like honestly nothing is simple about our business other than like the actual end product and that we have it in our name but like everything else is very complicated it should be like complicated soup <laughs> It's simply delicious, complicated soup. <laughs> but the relationships, people we've met over the years and our customers, that is the part that we find like it's so rewarding and why we continue to do the farmer's markets and stuff. So it's, it's really fulfilling. Yeah, I wanted to know because somewhere down that story arc, there was you guys decided to go vegan and, and I wanted to hear a little more about your vegan story. Our products were vegan for many years before we were personally. And so at the very beginning, we had both options. And then a few years down the line, we were looking to really 
make sure our product was super clean in terms of the ingredients and like wasn't like a bunch of junk in there. So make sure everything that we put in the bag was as clean as we could possibly source it. And that led us down the path of making a vegan product along with being gluten-free, MSG-free, reduced sodium, all those things. So we were just trying to make like the best product we could that, and also that worked for like everybody. Um, Cause a lot of families had like maybe like one kid who was vegetarian or one kid that was vegan or one kid that was celiac. And so we just wanted to make a really high quality product that could work for a whole family with multiple eating choices. So yeah, for years we were vegan in terms of the company. And then um, I just didn't feel well. I've, I felt unwell a lot of the time we, we weren't junk food eaters. Like we were eating a quote unquote, what the world told us was a healthy diet, but I still wasn't feeling well. And my husband would always say to me, like, I think you need to go to the doctor. Like something's wrong with you. And I, I came across a few different pages who were talking about veganism. And I started just like binge watching documentaries about, about that. About It was actually while we were working the PE event, which is a seven, 17 day long event. Brad was working the PE. He got home at like one in the morning and I had put the kids to bed and like literally watched like five documentaries. <laughs> he got home at like one in the morning. I'm like, you have to watch this documentary. He's like, I'm, I'm tired. I just spent all day like selling soup. I'm like, no, this, you know. And so I forced him to stay up and watch. I can't even remember which one it was. And then the next day I was like, I'm, I'm doing it. No dairy, no meat. And he was like, what are you talking about? Because Brad's background, while we were building Simply Delish, and before we got married, Brad worked at Lilydale. Yeah. And so he had a lot of different perspectives of what actually goes on and a lot of stories. And I also had stories throughout the years of hearing about his day. It was interesting. He worked in virtually every place he the, the opportunity was. And so he'd get trained for many different places in there. And when he left, he was actually a supervisor of what they call the kill department and the Avis line. He had lots of knowledge about what actually really goes on. So anyways, he, he had left Lilydale probably like a couple of years before. And now here I am two years or three years down the line saying I'm going vegan. So he was like, Super supportive. He's like, I'll support you for two weeks. So he did. He jumped on the on the bandwagon with me, and we finished off doing the PE, eating a plant based diet. And like right off the bat, like I started started feeling better. Um, he was really surprised. And it's interesting because I, I say plant based because vegan has become like this catchword. They just attach it to a diet. Um, but as we learn, we started off plant-based. And then as you go down that path, you realize all of the reasons that people choose to go vegan make sense. And you're living a life that you're feeling better and you're living it without all of those things. Everything starts to come together. So it's, it's definitely like a journey. You don't have to eat any of that to feel good, to live healthy, to be happy. Then I... We, we came to the point where we're like, okay, yes, we are vegan because I believe it's a combination of not supporting those industries in all of the, the ways, but also it's a moral belief kind of system where you realize like you really, those animals are not here for us to just use like that. It, it's a journey to get to veganism. So I, when people say, oh, well, I went vegan for a month, I'm like, mm, you tried plant-based for a month, <laughs> like, but 
then you went vegan for a month and then you went back. I don't think you can ever really go back if you're truly a believer in veganism, if that kind of makes sense. Oh, absolutely. We talk about that on the show a lot, even with the not necessarily something that I care deeply about, but Miley Cyrus saying she's no longer yeah. vegan and and her reasoning being like, ah, you know, my brain didn't feel good. I wasn't my body didn't feel right that they were they left a plant-based diet. If it's about your body, it's plant-based. And for so many people, feeling good is a really great way to start. And then it leads you to learn so much more about every aspect of feeling good, where that is like philosophically and morally feeling good. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like it's it's combination of your actions in terms of like what you're eating, what you're buying, all those things, but also like your values of why, what is, what's the reason behind that, that you're doing that. And, and it gave us a huge perspective with Brad's background because all of the things that he was taught to believe this is normal. This is how we do it. This is why we do it. Working in that industry, after we'd been out of it for a while and we were going down this path for a while, we started realizing like, no, okay, that's not, that doesn't make sense. But when you're in it, basically you're brainwashed into, into believing it does make sense. I would say like the slaughterhouse industry really does brainwash people into believing that this is okay and this is right and that's kind of what you have to do because otherwise people wouldn't do it, right? It's like Brad would always say, the turnaround there for hiring people was crazy. You would know if someone could do it or not within like the first 10 minutes. And normally people would take off at first break. They just leave. When you actually like worked it firsthand, um, you start realizing that like I felt at least like I'd been lied to. Not by like my parents or what my upbringing or anything like that, but like by society, I had been lied to. Like they told me I needed all these things to live a healthy, happy life. Then I saw like, no, no, not true. And one of the first people who was super influential in kind of like changing my mind, like making me think outside of the box was Jason from Vegan Supply. His store was just starting up and I was like, well, we have a vegan product. And Jason and I went back and forth. He had a couple conversations with me that like really forced me to think outside of my beliefs and like what I thought it forced me to think of like a different perspective at first it made me uncomfortable and I was like oh, I don't know like I don't know like yeah one of the one of the first things was he stopped at the market to talk to me and had just said like have you ever thought of changing your labels or would you change your label and at this time we weren't we weren't vegan and I was like, well, why would I change my labels? And he's like, well, so, like sometimes on your package, it gives a suggestion of an animal product. He's like, and I let, like, I love the idea of your, your products, but he's like, we're a vegan store. So we don't want people who are in there who are like, say, vegan curious, feel like they'd have to add some sort of animal product to make your product, to complete your product. And I was like, well, I mean, we've been selling our product as a vegan product for years he's like well like it's it would be a turnoff for a vegan to pick it up and see that you would suggest putting an animal product in it and I had never thought about it because here I was thinking I was making this like all-inclusive product that was gonna work for everybody so it was vegan gluten-free no sodium MSG free super complete almost everybody could use it but I was putting on a label that wasn't inclusive 
of like one of my target groups. And I was like, huh, like that really made me think about it. Like, wow. Cause I could put on a neutral label where I said, add protein of your choice, or I could say add coconut milk and not, and leave out that segment. Then it would really be inclusive because then the vegans would pick it up and read it and they wouldn't be turned off by the meat. And also the regular people um, could pick it up and they wouldn't be off put either. And now I get it. Now I'm totally like, well, I would never add chicken to that. And that's gross, right? <laughs> but like... Because, you know, omnivores can eat foods that are technically or accidentally vegan and they don't have to bat an eye. Interesting. And it really forced me to think outside of my box. I had thought that what I was doing made sense. And then I, as I went down further down that journey, I was like, actually, no, that didn't make sense. And I get what Jason was saying. Um, it was funny because I had like an epiphany moment later. I was like, wow, like if I had never had that conversation with Jason about our labels, I don't know. Like, I feel like it was like the spark that started my interest in having to really connect my, what I was doing and what I was saying and all the things. Yeah, it took us down that crazy path. And then I was like, wow, I mean, that was an influential moment for me. Because they are connections. I mean, I just had a conversation with a family member. My aunt is a, uh, is a Trump supporter and was saying how it was so sad that liberals are not so inclusive when they tout inclusivity. And I said, well, you know, marginalized people and people who are oppressed we can be inclusive and loving and we and we, we talk about tolerance, but we will not tolerate mm -hmm. that intolerance. And it goes to all and like all groups that are against oppression that we tolerate so much, but we just won't tolerate the intolerance. Totally, totally. Yeah. It it makes people really really question like, you know, where they're at and it's really interesting too when, when we do talk to people and we start going down the vegan journey and like why we believe in it and where we're at and what we've learned and all the things and they kind of want to just like well whatever like it's not the animals are there for us to eat or whatever they want to whatever the reason they want to give and then Brad starts going into some of his background about things that were told and things that actually happen and people are like what? And he'll be like, we, like, we're not, are you cool with that? Because, like, I'm not cool with that. He'll say, like, I did it. But looking back on it, hindsight is twenty twenty, and that's not cool. And he's like, I'm not, I won't stand up for that anymore. And so it's, yeah, it's one of those things that people, I definitely people have to figure it out for themselves. But it takes those first, those conversations or those first little seeds that someone plants for you to start, like, thinking about it. Right? It's like the bully will continue to bully until someone stands up and says no so but it's all things that like people would never think is actually happening and I think that's where it becomes really important for us because we are armed with information that we have like firsthand that we know there's so much rage you have when you're first learning about these injustices it can be quite traumatizing once you've learned these things so how was that transition for your children? Did they go vegan with you? Yeah, so with the kids, my daughter was super young. She was a very, very picky eater, still is, and she wouldn't eat meat. So when we decided to go vegan, it was I was like, well, it's really easy for Danny. This is going to be simple for her. What we decided to do with my son was he knew that he was going to eat vegan at our house. And if we were going out somewhere, he was going to eat vegan. Um, but we felt it was really important because he was that much older that he make the choice 
because we didn't want to force him into anything and have him resent us for it. Because he is so young, we would we explained all of our reasons why and what happens and how we couldn't support that anymore. Um, but that it was his choice to decide if, for instance, he was out with his grandparents or at somebody else's house, he was to decide like wh whether he wanted to eat that thing or not. So for the, the most part, the beginning for him, he was vegan, but then he would have the occasional time where he'd be with like his grandparents and they would get him an ice cream or something. And it was, it was a harder transition, I think, for my parents. They weren't vegan and they didn't know anything about it. You know, we tried to tell them as much as we could, but it was challenging for them because they also had to feed him and he was challenging them on it. And this little kid challenging them, well, is that vegan? And they're just trying to like get through the day. The first little bit, yeah, Pierce would go back and forth. And we would just say to him, like, Pierce, you know why we've made this choice? Ultimately, you have to decide like what you want to support. We are just going to hold that thought and take a quick break for our station ID. Stay with us. You are listening to Animal Voices on Vancouver's Co-op Radio, 100.5 FM CFRO. 100% listener-sponsored radio broadcasting live from the east side on unceded Coast Salish territories. We're back listening to Chelsea Hawkins talk about her child's transition to veganism. All we can do is give you like the information and educate you on it. And then you have to decide. It took him a little while to come full around because he would miss things. He had the memories and the attachments to certain things that weren't vegan. Um, and if he did have them, he'd often feel sick after. And then I'd take that opportunity to say, see? there's a relation here to why you feel sick and I'd explain it to him. And so eventually he got to the point if he'd had something that wasn't vegan and he was starting to feel sick, he's like, it's cause it wasn't vegan. And I was like, well, your body is, you, you can't keep doing it to your body. You're eating vegan at home. You have to put that together. I, I'll keep explaining it to you. But eventually he was just like, Oh, I don't want to feel sick anymore. So I'm not going to eat that. And then he started getting connected to all of the like moral reasons why and became like the most vocal little activist his fellow classmates would like make fun of his lunch or like say that looks gross or something and he his reply would be like well at least I'm not eating a dead animal do you know what happened to that animal and he would go full on like because we don't we don't shy away from talking all of the real to our children about everything we don't shy away from it so he would like go full on and tell those kids what was happening and I'll never forget I'd gone to the school to pick him up and I was inside waiting at the door <laughs> for him. And there was another mom there and she just looked at me and she said, are you, are you waiting for somebody? And I said, Oh, I'm, I'm just waiting to pick up my son Pierce. And she said, Oh, you're Pierce's mom. And I was like, Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> She's like, uh, yeah, you guys are vegan, right? I'm like, yeah, definitely. We're very vegan. She's like, yeah. Oh, I know. She's like, Pierce tells my daughter all sorts of stories and says all these things to her in class about what happens to the animals and what she's eating and all of the things. And she's like, and she started coming home and asking me questions. And I was like, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> and things that they might not have the answers to. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, they don't. Like, they, um, 
I think a lot of parents hide reality from their kids because they want to shelter them and keep them innocent. And I don't want them to grow up and realize like I lied to them or that I kept information secret from them to protect them. Because in the end, like, what does that say about me as a parent? I don't want you to think that I'm a liar. I want you to feel confident that everything that we've told you like helps build your confidence. And when you get into the real world, I don't want you to question like everything because we didn't tell you the truth. We're very real with them. And so he'd get, he'd get very graphic. He'd talk to his teachers about things and um, everybody knew us. We were the vegan family. I feel like we were the only vegan family or the most vocal. Everybody knew us. We were like the vegans who make soup. <laughs> Our kids are, they're not afraid to talk to people about all of the things really that's happening in the world or in life. Yeah, I want them to be confident and prepared to stand up for their beliefs and understand why they're doing things. Because I feel like a lot of people don't know why they're doing things. So, yeah. That's something because I know I didn't want to shy away from your business, but it is a question that I had because it is people choose to go vegan with or without children. And a lot of people who are Mm -hmm. vegan and don't have kids or they plan on having it, it is something that they don't know how to navigate. I really admire how you went about that with your older child. You let them see and decide for themselves. Yeah, it's important for them to not resent you, right? And like if they wanted to have that ice cream, I wanted them to choose not to have that ice cream based on how, what they thought and not just because my mom told me so, you know? And especially I knew like for for Pierce especially, he was going to need to know how to navigate that because he was going to be with his grandparents who weren't vegan, but I wanted him to stand up for himself and say, I'm not eating that. We're going to have to find something else because I knew that he was going to have to like advocate for his food. And then my parents would be like, okay, we'll find you something. And he would know the options that he could offer. Like, how about we get this? And then I can eat that. Or I can bring something from home and I can eat that. So, and even at school too, because you know, they have like the school party special day or they have like hot food lunch or someone tries to share something with him and I wanted him to have his own reasons for why he wasn't gonna eat that and not feel bad about it and know why like we always made sure that he had like if it was like a party or something there was a vegan option we would bring it or it was frustrating for us because it it is challenging when you don't want your kids to miss out but they don't provide options for everybody So yeah, I understand that for the parents, like you don't want them to feel left out. And that's why I think it's really important that you instill in them the choice um, so that they don't feel left out. They feel like I'm doing this because of of what I believe. Yeah, the peer pressure isn't there anymore because they, yeah, they have their own moral compass, right? Exactly, yes. So how does your family um, integrate into your business. I was curious about like your tiny home and what it's like doing your work with your family so close to you. <laughs> um, well, it's crazy as what I'm going to say. <laughs> it is not organized and smooth and it feels like I'm not going to lie, chaotic. And when we first got really busy with the business, I was a very organized person and I liked structure and schedules. The kids were so young and that felt chaotic in its own way. But then also like when you own your own business, like literally every day is different and you can't really have like a consistent schedule of anything. 
every day requires different things to get completed and there's no schedule. You're just like, get up and like, what do I have to do today? So, and then also with the kids, juggling them, I would just like for the first two years of both of my kids' lives, I brought them with me to the farmer's markets. It was crazy. I had a whole playpen I brought. Like I couldn't believe like I brought a, a gate a floor. Sometimes I brought like a kitchen for them to play with because they'd be with me there for like six to seven hours, depending. They can do demos for you. They can show everyone how to make the soups in their little kitchens. (laughs) Right? It was crazy. It was crazy. And now this year we are homeschooling our kids. It's just a different level of crazy. I, I think the best way to deal with it is just to be down to go with the flow. And I've really had to learn that over this whole time and let go of like my wanting to control all of the things, let go of the schedule, let go of all of it and just go with the flow and figure it out as you go, like one day at a time, you really can't plan ahead. You just gotta be down for whatever. And then living tiny, like we, it's a good thing we just, we all really love each other. (laughs) We are with each other almost every second of the day. Our kids play outside a lot and (laughs) rain or shine they have rain boots yeah I don't know I I'll never go back to living in a normal sized place because living tiny is freedom for me in a lot of ways I can clean everything up in like half an hour and I can leave feeling like I'm not coming home to chaos we are so busy that we did we don't spend a lot of time like at our house this year a little bit more than in previous years, but we would be gone for like the summertime. Normally we'd be gone literally two months. We'd cut back home for a few days and then be gone again on the road traveling for a show or a festival or something like that. And I would come back just feeling like we don't need all of this. We can't keep it up and we can't upkeep the yard. And I was so done with all of this, the stuff. And I think it, it was like, on the kind of like vegan journey where it was like minimalism and it was all just kind of coming together for me and all that stuff weighs you down. I was just looking for simplicity somewhere because like I said, nothing about our business is simple. (laughs) I just needed like something super simple where I could come home and just, if it doesn't have a place, it doesn't stay, it's gotta go. Like we don't go buy extra random things It was kind of this whole big journey of a lot of big changes, but in like the best way possible. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. What are your plans kind of for the the upcoming year? What has it been like with the changes in COVID? And yeah, where do you Mm. see the business going? Um, This year has been challenging. Um, we, we really do a ton of events and festivals and stuff. And so virtually all of that was canceled. Um, normally through the fall, like we would do five to six trade shows every weekend. Our schedule was crazy. And so this year we still did all of our farmer's markets. So that was very normal. That part felt very normal to us because we always do the farmer's markets. It was in the like in between parts where we would normally be going to like a festival or we traveling to this place or that place where it felt like what what are we doing what's going on and it's kind of like one of those things like in business I 
I think it's really prepared us to like ride the wave, like being in business for so long, we have 11 years of practice. <laughs> um, and we've had lots of challenges to overcome in those 11 years. So this year was challenging. And it was just kind of like, another challenge like I feel like every day when you own your small business you wake up and there's a challenge like you're always hunting for something or you're trying to get this done or like every day is a full is is full of challenges so I felt I felt blessed in that we'd had so many challenges that we had overcome that like I was confident that you know this was just going to be another one of those things that we were going to have to just get through and figure out other ways to work you know, we've always done a lot of different things. So we do farmers markets, trade shows, festivals. Um, we've always sold online. We've always sold in wholesale. Like we have wholesale accounts, um, but we only work with independently owned small businesses. So we don't work with any big box stores. So we have a lot of different venues that we already do on a regular basis. And so it just became focusing on the ones that could go at that time and like we were supposed to put on our vegan market at the end of may everything was all set to go and then everything fell apart um and so in that time yeah i was so sad um we just decided to flip it and do it online so we did it as an online vegan market considering we only had two weeks to put it together it was like hugely successful we had so many amazing regular customers come out and support all the vendors um, and so, yeah, we just kind of looked at it as like, how can we pivot and what, and what other areas of our business have we always done, but we can focus on a bit more. We want to do a ton of things. Like, I feel like people that don't understand, like there's always, always opportunity and we have so many things we want to do and just, we don't have the time. We literally don't have the time, but we have had a soup trailer. Um, we've owned it for like two or three years. I've lost track now. Um, and we've slowly been working on getting it going. We got it wrapped and then um, various things have happened, but we haven't been able to fully invest the time to get the soup trailer going. But that would be ideal for us to launch this winter. Um, and then we would be selling soup by the bowl and also in a package uh, that people could buy. So that's one of our things that we're working towards. Um, we are super passionate about working with local businesses and other vendors. So we're really trying to figure out and brainstorm how we can proceed with some markets for possibly before Christmas, but um, definitely in 2021, um, that just becomes challenging because in order to put on a market, you kind of have to plan ahead and you can't really plan ahead because of everything that's going on. Right. Um, yeah. But we are pretty, yeah, it's like, it's like kind of one of those things you have to throw together in like a week's time and just pray that like nothing happens in that week. <laughs> so we're looking at how to do that. Um, and and kind of just, like I said, just go with the flow. We're pretty, we were going to also do a uh, pop-up shop at the mall and we'd almost signed the contract. We were just like days away from completing that. We were supposed to open in December, but then the new situation arose with where we're at with COVID and we just decided that we couldn't take that on just with the uncertainty of everything. Bonnie said no. <laughs> right, Bonnie said no. Um, we're, we're really open to like, if an opportunity comes our way, we kind of jump on it and we'll go with it. And, and I feel like that's really been great learning those tools before this year so that 
throughout this year if something comes by we're we're kind of used to like hopping on an opportunity out of out of the blue like on a whim and and going for it so yeah this next year we will basically just be like going with the flow I would imagine we will apply for all of the regular things that we would normally do and just kind of just see and hope that we can do some more markets and work with some other people and make opportunities happen because I feel that like even in this time there are still so many opportunities if we kind of work together we can make happen so yeah that's the plan just uh see what goes on (laughs) yeah I had no idea that you guys have been in business for over a decade that's incredible Um, and I'm so shocked we haven't been on the show yet hearing that but yeah I mean with the winter markets I know a lot of it's like talking to the person who runs and the Fort Langley market, like they really do intend to make BC sustainable and self-sufficient and run these markets as long as they can. And it feels really nice to shop for your groceries outside at this point. I think a lot of people feel that way. So. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's great. And it's also like, I have people really like if they didn't feel that way before, then this year, really, it is so important to know where your food comes from because um, we do need to be sustainable on our own. And if this year has taught us anything, like we can't rely on other countries. Everyone's going through a lot of craziness. Um, COVID makes it really hard in terms of shipping goods here and there and getting products to people. So like it's time for um, the community to like learn your who your local farmer is. You need to know who's growing your vegetables. You need to support them because all the big box stores might not get vegetables. (laughs) And so, you know, like if you're always supporting the big box store and then they don't have any food because of all these things, like you, you should be supporting your local person who's here. That's their business, their heart. You can help each other. Um, It's kind of like going back to the idea of like when people used to trade, I have this and I'm trading you for that, like something I need. You have something I need and I'm going to trade you something you need. Like it's that kind of idea where we can have to get back to our community um, because we've gotten so disconnected from each other and our food. You have to have food. I love that the Fort Langley Farmers Market and Malcolm continues to like push to make that happen. And it's one of like the first winter markets to happen out in the valley. I don't know why nobody did it before. Valley people, we want we want to be able to go shop at the market and not have to drive all the way down to Vancouver. So we can come and we buy all of our stuff at the market. And I love that we're supporting local. And as a small business, we know how important it is to support each other. And yeah, I 100% believe in yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I love the trade economy. I've talked about it a few times on the show for that reason, just because like, yeah, yeah I mean, especially now we're all quite isolated and... There are certain things that mm-hmm. we we require, like that are necessary for human existence, and we still commodify it. Exactly. Um, but we can trade our skills, and we can trade, yeah, we can trade the things we grow, and our products, and things we add value to. So that's kind of yeah, that's definitely my mm-hmm. opinion and what I like about being at the markets and interacting with other farmers and other other small businesses is that we're all so proud we're all so proud of our products so like i love i'll just like be like do you want beets please let me give you beets 
Well, and it's like, it's, you're building a community and this year, like there's been a loss of human connection. So if you can go to the farmer's market and you can connect with some real people who are doing awesome things, who are making awesome food and awesome products and growing like amazing vegetables like that, we need connection. We need to remember that we're all here to help each other. What's the point if you're not making connections with people? What's the point of life? You could just sit in your house and order everything off of Amazon and, you know, get your groceries from or online order, send it right to your door. Like you could literally just stay there. But like, what is the point of life then if you're having no connections with people? And that's why... Like people say to us all the time, well, you've been in business for so long. Like, why do you keep doing the farmer's markets? And I'm like, because putting soup in a box doesn't fulfill me. I need to connect with people and talk to people and brainstorm with people and work with people. Like there has to be a people connection. And so I think it's so important that they kept the farmer's markets going this year as an essential service because not only does it provide amazing food, and you can buy locally and help a whole bunch of local businesses. Um, but you can also connect with each other. And we need that. That's human, that's human nature. We need that to, we can't lose our connection with each other. Wow. I love that. <laughs> um, so how can we connect with you? Do you have, do you want to plug your website? If you have an Instagram, do you want to share that? Uh, yeah, I, you can find us um, online. Our website is just www.simplydelishsoupandsalad.com. Um, on inst- we're on Instagram. Um, same thing. Just our hanger is just Simply Delish Soup and Salad. We're on Facebook as well, but I'm honestly not on there that much. So best way to connect with me is probably through Instagram and uh, and always at the markets. That's where we go. Fort do. Langley. Do you do the PE, the Hastings Market, right now? Don't. Right now we're just currently at Fort Langley on Saturdays and Port Moody on Sundays. And then we're looking at some other things that people are trying to get approval on um, before Christmas. So once I have like for sure that we're there, I'll, I'll be announcing those kinds of things on Instagram. So yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's been so lovely talking to you. I'm really excited to see you next week. I had a really great time. Yeah. You said a lot of awesome things. Yeah, well, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Have a lovely week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That is the end of my interview with Chelsea from Simply Delish. We had a really fun time talking about all aspects of life, from business to parenting to understanding what it means to be a vegan versus someone who eats a plant-based diet. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you get to visit them one day at the Fort Langley Market or at another vegan market around the Vancouver area. I can't believe I'm saying this, but 2020 is finally coming to an end, which means that our 2020 12-month calendars are probably running out of space and we'll be needing to get a new calendar for 2021 very soon. So the Overdose and Prevention Society of the Downtown East Side has a calendar where all the proceeds go to veterinary care bills for animals within the Downtown East Side. OPS teamed up with Community Veterinary Outreach at UBC to make the calendar bigger and better this year. These are great stocking stuffers, New Year's presents, Hanukkah presents, Christmas presents and are a really great way to help therapy animals for the community members within the downtown east side. 
You can purchase these calendars through Loved and Local, and the delivery is included within 10 kilometers of Cassier Street. The calendar includes 12 photos of adorable companions from the downtown east side and their caretakers. Loved and Local also has available knitted toques with bare ears that are quite adorable and a onesie that says housing should not be a luxury. That's one of my personal favorites, so if you do have a kid, definitely check it out. <laughs> Once again, you can buy the calendar at lovedandlocal.ca. The Canadian Independent Venue Coalition has been formed by local club owners to address the brutal financial effect of COVID-19 on live music spaces. Most of the government's arts support has gone to nonprofit organizations with small independent venues falling through the cracks. These venues are in very real danger of closing for good. The CIVC encourage you to contact your local and federal officials asking that they address this problem more comprehensively. You could also get in touch with your favorite venues to see how you might help them specifically. For more information on other ways you might help, visit supportcanadianvenues.ca. That's supportcanadianvenues.ca. You've been listening to Animal Voices Radio on 100.5 FM, Co-op Radio on Unseated and Ancestral Swalatooth. Musqueam and Squamish territories in so-called Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Today we heard stories of adoption, we listened to some music, and we talked about veganism, raising a vegan family, and owning a pretty rad soup business in the Lower Mainland. I hope you had a great time, because I know I did. Please join us next week for another show on Friday, November 27th, at Animal Voices, we love to stay connected. So, you can listen to our past shows on our website at animalvoices.org. Our past podcasts are also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. So you can subscribe to us there and never miss a show. Join our Facebook page or join us on Instagram, both at Animal Voices Vancouver. And if you want to get in touch with us, let us know how we're doing or send along some show segment suggestions. You can send us a note on our Facebook or send us an email to info at animalvoices.org. And yes, we're on Twitter as Animal Voices YVR. To close out today's show, I will play the song Utopian Futures by Kimia Dawson, one of my favorite anti-folk singers. Please enjoy her music, and if it's not your taste, that's totally cool as well. Stay tuned next for Radio Eco Shock with Alex Smith. Thank you so much for listening to Animal Voices today. Stay safe inside, and remember to be kind to the animals. Somewhere the bombing all has stopped and people begin to sit and talk and somewhere in somniatic stockbrokers can rest their bloodshot eyes cause there's nothing left to buy or sell or kill or die for anymore we're living inside eternal moments that we've searched for all our lives there's nobody living by the clock and every door is left unlocked Cause 
property died all alone and capitalism lost its home there's plenty of fresh air here in town and plants are all growing on the cars and all of the streets are used for dancing and at night you see all the stars yada da da dee yada da 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 yada da 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 yada da da dee Searching for something that was lost And centuries all have covered up We're flailing to find the smallest fragments Of our liberated lives And every tiny piece we find We pick up and glue together Collectively working for our utopian Futures to collide In snuggly beds and midnight talks and wandering bike rides and wayward walks Making up all of our own music, art, myth, food, and news It's happening everywhere we go Collective bookstores and basement shows Sharing a song that we all know Or making up new ones as we go Yada da da dee yada da 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 Yada da 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 Yada da da dee yada da 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 I'm a dream, this is real I'm a dream, you are here I'm a dream, you are me I'm a dream, we are free I'm a dream, this is real I'm a dream, you are here I'm a dream, you are me I'm a dream, we are free Now can't you feel the ice caps grow? Now can't you hear the forest laugh At piles of nicely packaged toothpicks All in processed warehouse rows Cause the only processing we do now Is with one another in our homes With people we'll fight, fuck, laugh, and cry with Until the day we die Here where we share all that we've won Here where we grieve for what is lost here where the children grow with names they chose and genders all their own Here where we celebrate each other Here where you've never had a boss Here where we sing like restless kids with half-chewed food inside our mouths Yada da da dee ya yada da 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 Yada da da dee ya yada da 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 yada da da here in the place outside the box There are no more borders left to cross From each according to ability And to each based on need Here in the place where dreams aren't dead here in the space between our heads